0: Hi, you are listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hawthorne Estates, Illinois. You will be hearing a sermon from Pastor Jared Oren. So without further ado, here he is. Well, we're in the second and final week of this mini-series on how we reach out to those who do not know Jesus. And last week we talked about God's heart for those who are far away from him. And just how Jesus modeled just a heart for sinners and just reaching out in love. And I just pray that this past week that God is increasing our burden for those who do not know him. And today we're going to continue on this theme of of reaching out. Uh, But it's been a while since we had Johnny and Chachi uh, video shown in our church. Uh, For those of you, this is your first time, these are like two Christian comedians who... They're hilarious. And uh, we're going to show a video of them talking about their ministry, Get In Here Now, which is about reaching out in evangelism. So enjoy this.
1: In our investigation, we're, we're trying to determine what are the things and techniques that you're using that work to bring people into Christianity. So-
2: well, I, I, you know, our first technique, I think the one that really covers a lot of people is called the Altered Famous saying hmm. Technique. And uh, you know this. This is where you know. Basically, there's so many famous sayings out there in the world. You know, through the years, you know, people have said things. Maybe you've seen it on TV. One was uh, just do it. You know, you hear know, just do it. You know, and, uh, and and we changed that. We took the, one of the words out, replaced it, and say just believe it. Do you see how quick that is? Just believe it. Believe. Do believe. And and, and we go down you know streets and we're like just believe it and it works. Believe it or not. <laughs> and we another one is um, is it in you? You know, and, and we say is He in you, it's referring to the Spirit.
3: So it becomes He, which is personal.
2: You know, or, or, or use the force. And we're like, use the Scripture you know, in your life.
3: And see how we took a line from a movie like, show me the money. We might ne- say, no, show me eternal salvation.
1: Guys, I've got to tell you, I, I just don't think I would ever respond to that particular technique.
2: You have a right to say that. It's it's you know
3: America's beautiful that we have rights to disagree. Bobby Brown said it's your prerogative, but what I would tell you is our another one that we really love. Our second technique is the sarcastic manipulative comment (laughs) technique.
2: Yeah, and this is really where you get to use guilt for good. You know, a lot of people are down on guilt. You know, don't don't make people feel guilty or you know. But we're like use it, you know, you know it's a tool. And, And and one and let me give you an example of that. Let's say I come over to your house, you're watching TV, and I say, Hey, Mr. Wallace, are uh, you watching TV? Uh, yes, I am. And then I say, Wow, that's funny because, you know, other people in other countries not only can't watch TV but don't have food. Oh, okay, that, that,
3: that grips them.
2: And that rips them, and that makes you think, Hmm, maybe I ought to you know pray for these people.
3: And I think that really draws you in, you know. Yeah, less about here and now and more about the eternal, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: And this works? Yeah. Like a charm.
3: Yeah. Really? If <laughs> we must face yeah. ours. Understatement.
1: Out. Yeah. Well, neither of those techniques seem particularly great to me. What else do you have? Okay.
2: None none taken. Um, I think that our third technique, uh, which kind of gets the rest of them, you know, 92, 93% of them are already taken. You know, yeah, they, they get it. Um, it's but the, the
3: net that grabs them all up. Yeah. The, end,
2: the net. And that net, the third technique is sing it, don't speak it, you know. Does
3: that make sense? It makes total sense because music is the most powerful medium out there. We could say some things or we could sing some things. Singing draws them in. In fact,
2: uh, I think it was a week ago now, um, we got on that
3: elevator. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We got on the elevator. There was a young lady there. And I remember Johnny saying, what floor?
2: You know, common question. Yeah, and she was like uh, 14. And I was like, okay. I push the button, door shut, and I go right in the song. I say, you know, I, I think I sang something like, you know, elevators only go so high. No, wait, 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 wait. Uh, You've
3: got to sing it for him because it, he, well, well, he can't be in the moment with us. if He doesn't know your gifts. Use your well, gifts. Well,
2: you know, it was something like, <clears throat> one, three, five, four, three. It was like, uh, the elevators only go so high, but can, can you, you take, take me higher? higher? And, we, and he threw in the harmony. Tight harmony. Yeah, it was tight. And, and I think that that made an impact on her. You know, she she actually ended up getting off on the second floor quickly. But I think what we did was we planted
3: a seed. Yeah, we watered the seed. We put in the fertilizer. We mixed it around a little bit. And sure, she was. She left in a hurry, but she was shocked. Shocked, hopefully, into the kingdom.
1: Guys, I got to be honest. Uh, I don't think any of these techniques uh, certainly would work with me. Mm. Okay.
3: And that's your prerogative. That's your uh, response to it, because maybe your heart is hard and calloused and. You're just hard-hearted.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I'm thinking to my circle of uh, friends. I can't imagine these techniques working with any of them either.
3: Okay, and that's and usually that's where we like to make it more personal and ask you the question. Do you need to get in here? Uh, I'm fine. Okay, uh, that's fine.
0: That's well done. Well done. Well, I wanted to share that video to to break the ice uh, for us. Um, This topic of evangelism can often be very heavy uh, for us. In fact, last week I didn't even use the word evangelism at all in my sermon because the the word alone brings out a lot of negative feelings, uh, guilt and regret and inadequacy. One Christian writer said, Christians seem to really love evangelism as long as someone else is doing it. And we love the idea of God changing someone's life. And hearing the stories, the testimonies, of seeing someone who's far from God come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We love that. But if we're honest, there's just a lot of hesitation, a lot of reluctance in stepping out to share our faith. And my prayer today is that God would move in our hearts and call us out of our reluctance to take courage to share Christ with other people. There's a quote from Teddy Roosevelt, a very famous quote that says, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly. And later he'll go on in that quote to, to use the words, dare greatly. And I believe God is, is longing for us to get in the arena, uh, to get sweaty, to get bloodied. Even though we're going to fail, uh, we're going to misstep to really dare greatly to share the good news of Jesus with others. And it's going to require risk, and it's going to require courage. And again, that's the big idea. I'm praying God will drive home this morning. God, give us more courage to share the message of Jesus with a world in need of the gospel. So I just want to pray for us. God, it's very true, God. There's just a lot of of fear, a lot of inadequacy, a lot of reluctance for us in in sharing you with others. So, God, thank you that we can turn to your word. Thank you that we can turn to you in prayer and just ask you, God, for courage, for us to be unashamed of our love and our passion for Jesus, and to be willing to give it out freely to a world that needs to hear it. So God, we pray your Holy Spirit, even right now, would begin to build courage in us for the sake of your name in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible, um, turn to Mark chapter 6, or if you have a smartphone, you can also use your smartphone. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 6, verse 16, or verse 6 through 13. It said, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and they preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. For the first six chapters in Mark, Jesus is going out there teaching, and he's assembling his group of followers. And his followers are watching him do incredible things. Earlier in Mark, Jesus heals a man of leprosy. He calms the raging sea. And he takes a little girl who is dead and raises her to new life. But up until this point, though, the disciples were just spectators. They're watching Jesus do the ministry, but Mark's account does not have a single instance where they're directly helping Jesus with the ministry. And now everything is going to change. Jesus calls the 12 to himself and begins to send them out two by two. There's a passing on of leadership here. What Jesus has done, he's now asking the disciples to do. In so many ways, you've got to understand, the disciples were not ready for this task. One chapter prior in Mark 5, Jesus calmed the storm, and the disciples turned to one another, and they say, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Their understanding of who Jesus is is being formed and shaped. They're, they're not completely sure yet on who this guy is, and they're not completely ready for this mission. Isn't it true that often the significant moments or seasons in life we're not completely ready? How many of us were ready when we went off to college for life at university to study hard? Were you completely ready when you got your first job and showed up on the first day? when you stood before your bride or groom on your wedding day and said, I do, you for sure were not ready for that. Or moms, were you completely ready when you had your first child and stood there holding your newborn infant? This life is now your responsibility. At some point, though, even though the disciples were not ready, they had to get out there and begin to live out what Jesus had been modeling for them. And this was that very moment. It's also very significant that Jesus did not send the disciples out alone. They went out two by two because Jesus knew of the challenges ahead of them. He knew they needed the support and encouragement that a fellow comrade in the mission could provide. You know, even related to last Sunday, as our hearts are growing with compassion and love for those outside Jesus' kingdom, God's going to send us to people who need to hear the message of Jesus. And God has entrusted this message to us, a message of grace and redemption and hope. And people out there need to hear that God has created them. He has made them in his image. And that sin has separated them from God. It's fractured the relationship. But out of love, God sent his son Jesus to go to the cross to do what we could not do for ourselves, pay the penalty for sin. And that's only through Christ that our relationship with God can be restored. This is the message the world needs to hear but it's going to require risk. It's going to require us to dare greatly, and it's going to require us to have courage. I just want to share two things this morning about courage and what it means to reach out with the message of Jesus Christ. And the first one is we can take courage to share Christ with others because of God's power and God's provision that we can have courage because of God's power and his provision. If you look at Mark 6, 7, it says, Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. We can't forget that we are engaged in a spiritual battle, a battle that has an enemy that opposes God and opposes us. And Jesus knew his disciples would need his power in order to share the message. And just as back then, Jesus will give us power to stand up for him in front of the world. You know, looking back on my life, I realized when I was younger, especially in my high school years, I really didn't understand this idea of God's power when it came to sharing my faith. I honestly think I felt a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment for being a Christian. And I remember a couple instances that kind of point this out. One of my English teachers in high school, he he must have known I was a Christian uh, based on my writings or whatever papers I wrote, um, because there was a few times that he put me on the spot. And he said something like this in front of the whole class. He said, Jared, you're a really good student, and you, you do... Well for yourself. What is the reason for this? And from the whole class. It's a very bizarre thing. I mean, like, I've actually never shared this with someone. I think I need some counseling or something to process <laughs> through this. But I just remember that moment out of shame, out of feeling uncomfortable or embarrassed. I just sh- shrugged my shoulders. And either I said, I, didn't, I don't know, or I didn't offer a response. Another instance was, was a summer job I had in high school. And among our coworkers, we got into a, a conversation about God. And one of the girls there was asking questions about God, and she was genuinely seeking. And I was the one that quickly changed the subject because I just felt uncomfortable talking about God in that situation. And I look back on these moments with regret, but more just realizing I didn't understand God's power for us in sharing the gospel. And then fast forward in college, God began to show me the power of the gospel and the beauty of sharing the message with others. I just have more confidence in sharing Christ. And one summer I spent uh, a whole summer in Myrtle Beach with our church uh, for a leadership training program. And we will go out downtown Myrtle Beach once a week and just share Christ to random people. And sharing my faith in Jesus became less about myself and my inadequacy and more about Christ and the message and his power. I think this is really important. I think too often we put too much stock in our own gifting or ability when it comes to sharing Christ with others. Even for the 12, Jesus didn't have evangelism tryouts. You know, he didn't say, oh, Peter and John, you guys, A students, go on out. But James and Andrew, you guys got to stay back, grab some bench. Jesus sent out all 12 indiscriminately with the same mission and the same message, and he empowered them wherever they were at with their abilities. When it comes to reaching out, we have made too much out of our own gifting or lack of it, and not enough of the power of the gospel and the power God has given us to declare it boldly. And courage will require require us to step out and believe that God's power is available to us to share Christ. As Jesus sends out the 12, he gives them clear instructions on what to bring with them on the journey. And if you look at the text, I mean, he doesn't give them a lot of options here. In some ways, he leaves them very physically and materially vulnerable. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except the staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. Jesus is telling his disciples that as they travel, they're not going first class. They will need to rely on the provision of God through other people. And this speaks to the humility in which they were sent out. Yes, they were given power and authority, and God was going to do miraculous things through them. But the manner in which they would go is one of humility and dependence, trusting God to provide for them. And Jesus tells them to accept the first accommodation, a combination that's offered to them, and to stay there. Don't spend time trying to find better arrangements. Be content. Stay focused on the mission, not on secondary things. There's a story of a couple going on vacation, and they're at the airport about to check in their bags. The husband turns to his wife, and he says, I wish we had brought the piano. And the wife's like, man, this guy's crazy. (laughs) We already have so many bags packed. What are you talking about? I wish we had brought the piano. The husband said, yes, I know, but the tickets are on the piano. Kind of a lame story. I tried all week to come up with a better illustration. I just couldn't find anything better. But the point is clear. Don't forget the main thing. We can worry about all the things we don't have. All the ways we don't feel adequate in sharing our faith. But we need to remember the most important thing. God has given us his power and he's promised that he will provide for us as we go. He will take care of our needs as we step out and share him with others. The disciples had to risk themselves independence on Jesus when he said, take no money or no bag or bread. And we need to put ourselves in a similar position of risk and vulnerability to depend on God and to watch him be faithful. What would it look like to risk ourselves in dependence on God as we reach out to others? I think one of the greatest risks for us is our own popularity and our reputation. I say the word popularity for those who are younger, because when you're my age, you, you, you don't worry about being popular. Those days have long gone. But your popularity at school, For those of us who are older, our reputation carries a lot of weight for us. We're living in a world that's increasingly post-Christian. If we start talking about Jesus with other people, what are they going to say? What will they think about us? And I don't want to underestimate the challenge this is for us. This is a great challenge. This will be the very place I believe we need to ask God for courage. We need to wrestle with God in prayer and ask him for boldness. To lay aside ourselves, our reputation, our popularity. To stand up with courage as a follower of Jesus and to represent him in this world. I think a great verse for us to hold on to. And to go too often is Romans 1.16. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. We can take courage. God has given us power. He will provide for us. The second thing is we must take courage to call people out of their middle ground. We need to call people out of their neutrality to God. Verse 11 says, If any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave. As a testimony against them, they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil And healed them. Jesus is telling his followers if a place does not accept you, move on. Don't waste time arguing. I think we gotta understand the context here. He's sending them out as traveling preachers. I think it's a little different for us today because I do believe we need to remain steadfast in our prayers for people who are resistant. We can't give up on praying for them and asking God to work in their hearts. But I think there are a couple important points here for us to understand. First, this is a reminder that we need to be faithful in declaring the message and leave the results up to God. We can't control how other people will respond when we share Christ with them. And second, this shows us that Jesus knew some people were going to accept him. Some people were going to reject him. It's a very simple observation, but there was not a middle ground here for Jesus. And I believe this is one of the significant challenges for us, is that we're leaving people in a place of middle ground and where they're at in their relationship with Christ. We need to bring people to that point of clarity and understanding where they are in their relationship with God. This reminds me of the season right before Yvonne and I were dating. Uh, We were in small groups that spent a lot of time together and got to know each other over the course of a year. And things started to move forward and progress, and it seemed like there was mutual interest on both sides. But then one of our mutual friends decided he wanted to get involved. He wanted to play the middleman. And so he started talking to, to both of us, trying to gauge our feelings with one another. And I just got so sick and tired. Of it. And so I just went straight to Yvonne and said, We need to talk. And just one of those crazy nights, you're just so nervous like, how is this going to go? So we met up at church, and uh, I remember we, we spent about three hours that night walking around the pond and back in our church. And I just made my intentions clear and my interest in her clear, and she did the same. And so we had the DTR, defining the relationship conversation that night. For the disciples, they went out and they preached that people should repent. The message was clear. Repent now. And the whole idea behind repentance is a 180-degree turn. If someone's going this way, they completely turn and go the other way these people who were living a life centered in themselves, to repent means to turn and live a life centered in Jesus Christ. Often, though, we are leaving people in ambiguity. We're leaving them in a place of middle ground. And there are people in our lives who are very neutral or indifferent to God. They believe he exists. They're not anti-God. But they're not living for him. They're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I really believe we need to move towards those DTR conversations with these people. And to bring them to a point of clarity and understanding the gospel and where their relationship with Jesus is at. The gospel proclaimed or shared calls people out of their neutrality. It calls people out of the middle ground with Jesus. I want to just share just very two practical things that I think need to be more a part of how we share Christ with people. Uh, The first one is to talk about Jesus and not just the church. I think it's a good first step to share with someone that you go to church. I mean, when someone asks what you're doing this weekend, I think we can take a courageous step and say, you know, I'm going to church on Sunday, and that's important to me. But I believe if we just leave it at church, we're not bringing the message forward to the point where people have those DTR moments. And I know there's people in my life, they know I'm very involved in church, and I know where they're at with church, but honestly, I just don't know where they're at with God. And so my prayer is that these conversations would move forward beyond just talking about church to what do they believe about the world? What do they think about God? Is he real? And what do they think about Jesus in the Bible? This is going to take more courage, courageous conversations To step from just talking about church to helping people have defining moments in their relationship with Jesus. So I think that's something simple. I mean, not simple. Uh, It's going to require effort and wisdom and prayer. But I think it's a step we can take with people who might not know God. And the second thing is, I believe we need to get more bold and more courageous about sharing about how God has changed our lives. We could be so focused on maybe where they're at that we don't have the courage to share where we're at with Jesus. So I think sharing our testimonies and our stories about who we were before we met Christ and what a difference he's made in our lives is an important way for us to have more courage. So even for me, when I'm talking with someone about church, I think the next step for me is sharing with them how I grew up in the church and I was a very religious person. But at some point in my life, I realized it's not about religious activity. It's about a relationship with God, and that changed everything for me. And so I think that's part of my witness to those in my life that do not know Jesus. I mean, I could sit here and talk about the NFL draft with passion. We could talk about other things with great passion. And I just think we need to take steps to talk passionately about Jesus and the difference he's made in our lives. And our, our lives would not be the same without him. I want to share a, a moment in the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's the final movie, Return of the King. And I, do, I share a lot of Lord of the Rings illustrations. It's my wife. She's watched the movies like 50 times, honestly. And so I sit there and watch Lord of the Rings with her. And so it's a way for me to honor her on Mother's Day share a Lord of the Rings illustration. But The scene is the final battle. And Eowyn and Mary are about to go into battle. And if you're not familiar with the story, Eowyn is a woman, and Mary is a hobbit. And both of them do not belong on the battlefield. They're concealing their identity so no one else knows. And right before they're about to charge, you can see the fear in their eyes. And Eowyn, the woman, speaks these powerful words to Mary. She says, courage, Mary. Courage for our friends. And that's what I want to say to us this morning. Courage, church. Courage for the world to know Jesus Christ. I really believe we will not see revival in our day unless we see a growth in courage in the people of God. And this is what happened in the book of Acts. Shortly after Jesus ascends, two of the 12, Peter and John, were involved in a miraculous healing of a lame man. And the crowd is in an uproar because of the healing. And Peter and John are brought before the Sanhedrin, which was the religious council of the day. And it says says in Acts 4.13, when they, the religious leaders, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that. The religious authorities of the day with tremendous power, they look at Peter and John and say, these guys are nobodies. They're completely ordinary. They're untrained, but they couldn't help but be taken aback by their courage. It was their courage, not their abilities, that astonished them. And they realized that these men had been with Jesus. And today, Jesus still gives courage to those who will stand up for him. And it will astonish, it will shock people when they see ordinary folks like you, And I, empowered by the almighty God to share the message of Jesus with others. But it's going to require courage. Take courage, church, for the people of the world to know Jesus. The last thing I want to say is I just want to encourage the moms here and tell you that I believe you have such a tremendous impact on the Great Commission and the kingdom of God. As you nurture and invest your lives in your children and your families, you are already displaying so much courage and so much love. And I believe one of the greatest ways that God wants to use your courage is for you to model a life of sharing Christ with others. Honestly, this is what my mother did for me. I grew up watching my mom reach out to people in our neighborhood and others who were far from God, and it marked my life forever. And I love this about my wife. And Yvonne's heart for those who are far from God. Even this week, there was a relationship where she's giving herself to someone who doesn't know Jesus. And she's leaving the same imprint on our children. Mobs, you have such a tremendous role, greater than you probably even realize, to impact and spiritually make a difference for the kingdom of God please do not underestimate your role and how God will empower you as a mom to share Christ with others. So I just want to tell you moms, courage moms. Courage for your children, courage for your families, and courage for the world to know Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So I just want to, just first of all, just give you just a minute to reflect. You know, last week we talked about God's heart for those who are far away from him. And maybe that's the thing you, you just need to keep praying about, is that God would give you a burden for those in your life who do not know him. But I think this message this morning is important. We have to get the message of Christ out there. We can't leave people in a place of ambiguity. And there's no other way, but it's going to require us to step out in faith and trust that God will take care of us and our weaknesses, our inadequacies, and all that we don't know about the Bible, the message to take courage to share Jesus with others. And so maybe just take a, a moment just to reflect on your own courage when it comes to sharing your faith and to just spend time in prayer asking God about that. we thank you again for just your heart for all people. How much you love the world you've made and every single person you've created. God, we thank you for your indiscriminate love and your love that constantly just pursues and goes after us, God. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you that for not a moment in our life, Have you abandoned us? For not a moment, your love has not been for us. And I pray, God, for just how we think of and feel about people who do not know you, that you would just continue to break our hearts for those that don't know your grace and your love. And God, we pray that you would make us unashamed of you. That we would not be ashamed of our relationship with you, how important you are in our lives. And that we would take even this week steps of courage to stand up as one who is named a follower of Jesus in that moment when it's scary and we're not sure, God, we trust that you will provide what we need. And that you will empower us to share you with others. God, help us not to dismiss what you're doing right now. I pray in this moment, God, you would seal the convictions, the encouragements that you're giving us right now. And that we as a community would just really be there for one another to charge each one to be courageous, God. That we would know that we are not sent out alone, God, but that we have a community to challenge and spur us on. So, God, we thank you that you're at work in us, you're at work in the world. God, help us to be a part of the great adventure of your kingdom, just making you known. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.